This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Smart Money Podcast, a series of financial tips for different life stages. Get your money right for your life. This podcast is brought to you by Discovery. I am Maya Fisher-French, and each week we chat to a money expert to find the answers to those pressing financial questions. So this week, we want to understand how insurance fits into your financial plan, how much insurance is enough, and how do you balance this with investing for the future. And we're joined in studio uh, by financial advisor Claire van Veek. Hi, Claire. Welcome. Thank you, Maya. So, Claire, I can imagine that as an advisor, one of the first engagements you have with a client, or, or as a young person, you're 20 in your early 20s, the first engagement you're going to have around advice is usually around insurance. It could be car insurance or life insurance. But for some people, this is seen as a grudge purchase um, for something that may never actually happen. And let's be honest, when you're in your early 20s, you're invincible. So how do you have that conversation? Well, Maya, I don't like to think of it as a grudge purchase. I like to think of it as something which is essential as part of a well-constructed, thought-through roadmap or financial plan for your life. When I meet a graduate or a young person entering the workplace, the first thing I do is I talk to them about their financial dreams. What are the dreams you wish to make come true through the money you can profit out of working? Attached to that, we then set goals. We work out values where need be, a deposit on a house, a deposit on a car, and then we do a budget. Now, a budget to me is not accounting for what you spend. A budget is deciding beforehand what you think is reasonable to spend on your lifestyle. And then we start to make these things come true. Now, as a part of that budget, insurance forms part of a holistic overview of your your spending patterns on a monthly basis. And that is how I approach it. It is crucial. It is essential to make sure that it is worked into your first budget from day one. So what do you say to someone who says, sure, I mean, you want me to spend 500 rand a month on insurance. Why don't I just put the 500 rand a month into an investment and then it'll grow. And if I ever need it, it's there. But if I don't need it, it's there too for my holiday. <laughs> it's it, it's pretty easy. When are you planning to have that first car accident? How big is it going to be? What's the impact going to be on you financially and physically? I've been asked... Um, why do I need a medical aid? Can't I save that money for a long-term savings and over 10 years' time use it as a deposit on a house? And I simply ask the question, do you know how much a week in ICU costs? And if you've got that money already saved up, then we can go that route. But until then, I don't think it's a wise idea. So, it's, yeah, it's not like you've just won the lotto. Um, <laughs> you, you, you got your monthly salary. So, so I think that's an important part to understand, obviously, with insurance is it is that emergency savings. It's that event that you're not expecting to happen, but will, which will completely wipe you out financially. 100%. A lot of people need to understand that life insurance or car insurance or insurance, as we collectively call it, is a risk Product. It's a product to cover instantly should something go wrong, which wasn't a part of your plan. A car accident, uh, getting a dread disease, falling off a horse and not being able to work for six months because you fractured both your hips. And it was quite interesting to see Discovery's done a, um, an insurance gap study on youth, on young people under 30s, I think. And the amount of car accidents that are, you know, in car accidents, not only mortality, but also disability. Um, and again, you were saying, yes, do you know the day that you're going to have the car accident? I mean, you had, you've had quite a big I've incident. had a very big scare. I was taken up by a truck. Exactly. And did you know that morning before you climbed in the car that this was going to happen? Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and what are you seeing in terms of, um, 
in terms of critical illness? Because, again, that seems to be an area that young people are very underinsured on. Because you think, well, critical illness, strokes, heart attacks, it's something that happens to old people. It's something that's going to happen to my parents. Are we seeing a change in that trend? Absolutely. We are starting to see evidence come through that your your big four, your cancer, your stroke, your heart attack, your bypasses, even stents are starting to happen at a younger age. And just yesterday I was asked by a young client, why is it? Why is it happening? I think there's a number of contributing factors to it, uh, of which stress is one of them for young graduates going into the workplace. Lifestyle is one of them. But the reality is my youngest client that was diagnosed with cancer was 23, and she had never even been in hospital. I spoke to someone yesterday at the age of 40. She's had a second stent put in, and she's got no risk factors. Um, all my clients that have had strokes in the last six months have been under the age of 40. Now that's scary for me. And the guys that have had the strokes also did not have lifestyle risk factors, meaning they were not obese, they exercised regularly, they didn't smoke, and they didn't have heart conditions that normally are precipital to actually have a stroke. So I think we are starting to see a change in conditions and when they may target an individual. So I think this whole critical illness thing is becoming more and more prevalent. I suppose maybe we should all just quit our jobs and go and live on a farm somewhere and eat organic fruit and vegetables. <laughs> well, there's, there's arguments you about organics. <laughs> if you can't do that, you may possibly need to take on some insurance. Now, I, for me, I found one of the challenges, and maybe you were saying this isn't necessity, it isn't part of the financial plan. But I think one of the problems in terms of, of just the general public is trying to understand the cover. So we, we know most of us understand short-term insurance. I know what my car, when I crash my car, what's going to get paid out. I have some understanding about that household insurance. I know about my excesses that I may have to pay in. But when it comes to long-term cover, risk cover, long-term risk cover, I think it, it's, it, it's confusing and possibly also because it's, it tends to be a much lower engagement. It's not something we have to access every day or on a frequent basis. But also, let's be fair, the industry does a great job at confusing us because they all use different terminology. There's dread disease cover. There's critical illness cover. Then you have disability versus income protection. Then there's the same job or any job insured. There's impairment. I mean, just telling you all this, I'm getting a headache. Um, I hope that's not something I'm not taking seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand what they're covered for or or how it will be paid out. So perhaps, first of all, maybe how does an, an, an advisor, is that something that an advisor should be having a regular review, and is that an important role of the advisor? And then secondly, I'd like to actually you to take me through a couple of age stages and, and to understand what, what covers needed. So let's backtrack a little bit there. Yes, there is confusion that has been created in the market, but there's a lot of platforms that you can go to on – not necessarily social media, but through going into different apps, you can start to understand the basics of insurance. But a financial advisor at that stage for me is crucial. They are the person that is going to break down what is death cover versus what is disability cover. What types of disability cover are there? There's lump sums, which is a capital amount paid to you. And then there's uh, disability, which is linked to your salary and replacing your salary in the event you can't have it. And then as we were talking about dread disease, severe illness, critical illness, they're actually all the same product. 
from different you, from being ill, yeah, <laughs> from different providers. So I, it's it's not surprising that a lot of people have confusion about this. But you need to start understanding this. It doesn't matter how you do it. I think a financial advisor is good to draw the pictures, as I do, do for my clients. You know, I I cross the legs out. I indicate that's disability. I cross the heart out. I indicate that is possibly a heart attack or something. And I start to talk to them about which parts of money they can access should this happen to them. So it becomes pretty visual. So when you start to understand where this fits into your life, we start to say, right, in your 20s, what is your risk? You mentioned earlier about possibly having to support your parents. There's so many different lifestyles in this world, this crazy world we live in. You might be supporting parents, helping a sister through university or school, an aunt who's been retrenched, and you are the person that is considered the family breadwinner. Death benefit is pretty essential. You need to know that. But from your point of view, I would say disability. Now, you spoke about young people, people under 30. Motor vehicle accidents are prolific. It's got to do with inexperience on the roads. It's got to do with late night driving. It's got to do with boys and their toys, if you want to put it that way. But the reality is we motor vehicle accidents are happening and they happen a lot more than you think they do. Disability cover is not should I have it or shouldn't I? It is essential. And I always ask this question. You've got an amazing new car, whatever, sports car, high engine performance car. Performance car. Mm. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking of. You happy to pay two and a half thousand rand a month on insurance for a car that's cost you possibly 350,000 rand, but you're not prepared to pay 500 rand on insuring a disability product if that car takes you out? It doesn't make sense. That's 350,000 rands worth of insurance, but I'm insuring my life for, I'm not prepared to do it. Mm. And I think that that's, you know, people often think, well, especially at that age, well, look, if I, if I die, I die. I mean, who cares? It's somebody else's problem. But death is not actually the problem at that age. It's supporting yourself for the next two hundred paychecks. That's exactly right. So I often have my young graduates will say, well, my parents will look after me. And I always ask this one question. Do you think that's fair? Hmm. So it's a matter of, well, okay, they, they're going to help. They might need to look after you because you can't walk. But don't you think it's so much nicer to give them two million rand to say, he has a paycheck to help look after mm. me? And what if you don't want to be reliant on your parents? And I think that in your twenties, a financial plan needs to look at worst case scenario. You don't have parents around because you don't know when your parents mm. are not going to be here. And very well thought through to say, if I have to look after myself, do I have the financial wherewithal through my risk product to be able to do that? Mm. And that is actually what you need to focus on in your 20s. An element of risk cover without being funny, you must also focus on retirement planning. So, yes. I mean, we're not going to go into that, but what you do need to do is you need to sit, have that plan, unpack it and do the maths. Now, I'm big on doing figures. If I become disabled today, what is it going to cost me over the next 30 years if I survive? Do you have the insurance for that? Do you have an income that's going to be able to help you do that? When you become disabled, costs don't go down. Costs go up. Mm. And what you may need to do is make sure you've got a whole salary that can pay you for the next 30 years if you fall off a horse and crack your neck. 
And that's what you need to focus mm. on in your 20s. And then, okay, so you're now into your 30s. Maybe now you're looking, you bought your first home. You're perhaps getting married or living with someone. Maybe there's a thought of having kids. How does, how would you then, is that a good time to really touch base again with your advisor, sit down and say, right, what do I need now? What, what is the picture? How is the picture changing? Absolutely. Uh, I, I need to say you should be touching base with your advisor quite frequently because things in life happen. And it's a, it's a working, you're a work in progress. Your finances are a work in progress. But by the time we get to our 30s, we now start accumulating debt. And what you need to do is a proper analysis in the event now I die or become disabled. How much debt do I have still hanging around, then what income do I need to protect and how do I need to provide for my family? You may have kids. We need to understand where's the money coming for education? Where's the money coming for living? You might have a spouse that doesn't work. How are you going to compensate for that? What is the plan? So I think by the time you get to your 30s, a financial plan or a risk financial plan is risk management. You have to know if something goes wrong, this is documented, Mm. this is what I had in mind and Hopefully you never have to use it, but if you do, it's the difference between making it work and really struggling. And, and one of the things that I also find is people sort of say, well, I work for a company, so I don't need, I get, I have life, some sort of life cover with the, the company. And, you know, if something happens to me, they'll probably cover my salary for a bit. So I don't really need all this insurance. What do you say to that? A lot of the corporates do have group risk. We call it group life cover. Most of the times it is limited cover. It does have traditionally a death benefit and it may have an income protection benefit. Often it doesn't have capital payouts and it's those capital payouts that you really need to change your lifestyle quickly, uh, help you go through rehabilitation, uh, change your car, put a new bath in if you need assisted bathing care, move out of a, a double story into a single story house. You need capital to be able to do that. What I do find, however, is most people don't know what their group risk covers. Well, I was covers. going to say, I ask, you know, walk around, do, do, do a bit of a box around, box pop and ask people, they won't be able to tell you. And I would say 90% of mm. people don't. So I, I take that as a part of doing an analysis when I'm doing that, that long-term critical debt cover plan and we unpack it and then we find the gaps and the gaps that we find in that we need to cover through the means of a personal life mm. insurance policy. And how do you use that personal life policy in terms of, of dealing with change going forward? So now you quit your, the company, um, you're not going to perhaps work for yourself. You now need to increase your life cover, but now you're 40. You're going to have a different risk rating. Is there a way of perhaps buying insurance up front? How do you, you may not need it now because you've got the group cover, but what if you leave the company and there's, there's, the changes coming ahead. Majority of group risk products have a benefit called a continuation option. That means when I leave the company, I can exercise the right to have that cover that I've had, but in my own capacity. A quote is done, a specific rate is given to it, but it means that you're not risk rated uh, in terms of the group risk anymore, but your own capacity, so it is going to be more expensive. The older you are, the more expensive Mm. insurance comes Mm. because it attaches to certain socioeconomic factors. You can protect insurance. There are certain products that allow you an amount that you can protect for, let's say, a seven-year period. However, you're still going to enter in at that 
rate at the age you exercise it. Okay, and of course, insurance tends to be cheaper the younger you are because they assume you're going to be healthier, I suppose, at that at that point, further away from death anyway. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, so now I, put, I want to ask you this scenario because this kind of is me, all right? So a 40-something-year-old mom, having your own business, you've got mortgage, you've got debts. Um, how, you know, what are the kind of insurances that you need to start considering then? And I think there's a lot of people entering that. They, a lot of people are in, exit, exiting the corporates once in their sort of 40s. They start their own businesses. How would they start adjusting their, their cover? When I sit down with someone that's going into business for themselves, first time in their 40s, the first thing I make sure they've got is a medical aid. That is crucial for me. Then we start to look at, right, how do I protect my ability to earn my income? And that's we're coming back to the life cover Uh death benefits, but income benefits, dread disease. So what if I can't work for six months because, in my instance, a truck takes you out on the highway? How am I going to still be able to protect my family, provide cash flow, and protect myself through that? So it, it once again boils down to planning. I must tell you, I actually had a, 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 one of those life events as well. I had to have an MRI. I'd, I'd injured my back. I had to have an MRI. And I don't know if anyone's had that experience, but you go into this tube and it makes a hell of a lot of noise and it's clanking and banging for 20 minutes. And then I came out and they said, look, we've picked up something else when we were doing it. You've got a, um, it looks like a tumor on your spine. They, they, they just tell you wow. these things. We need to inject you with a, a dye and we need to send you back in. So literally within five minutes, I'm back in this tube with all the banging and clanging, thinking, right, I now have a, a tumor, a cancerous tumor on my spine. What are the, what's going to happen to my life? And you're in this flat panic and you have to stay calm because you're stuck in a tube. But I tell you, all I kept thinking was I have a great medical aid. I have income protection. I have critical illness. I've got all those things. And the one thing I don't have to worry about right now is how I'm going to manage this financially. Fortunately, I came out after 20 minutes and they said, no, it is a cyst, not a tumor. I don't know why they didn't just tell me there was a cyst and change the story afterwards. But I thought, you know, that the peace of mind that gave me has actually has made me a huge fan of insurance after that. And I, for exactly that reason, I thought, you know, that was just one thing I didn't have to worry about. So coming back to your comment earlier, where you said it's a grudge pur purchase. To me, it's peace of mind. I had an incident where my husband nearly drowned on holiday a couple of months ago. And whilst going, it was in the sea, he was caught, he was pulled out by a riptide. And whilst I was going into the sea to try to help him, the first thing going through my mind was, are the life insurance policies up to date? Is the will in place? Education. Our kids have got our education. Whilst the lifesaver is swimming out to rescue him, you think you're going through the paperwork. <laughs> but it is exactly that. It was, it was, okay, I don't have to worry about this. Um, having a well-constructed risk benefit in place allows you to deal with the emotional trauma should something start to happen that wasn't planned, a cancer, a heart condition, anything else, a disability, a functional impairment. You've got so much emotion to deal with. If you add the strain of finances on top of it, it's almost impossible to cope. Mm. So if there was one cover you wish all your clients could have from the age of 20 up to age of 100, what would it be? I would have to say medical aid. Medical aid to me is crucial. My oldest son was saved just because he had a medical aid. Medical aid that cost us less than a thousand rand a month 
actually saved me a mm. fortune. I have to tell you, you know, we're just sitting here and the stories we've got between the two of us just shows you that life happens. Whether, you know, whatever you may think about how invincible life you are, happens. life happens. So thank you so much, Claire, for joining us today. Join us for our next episode when we discuss how much you really need for retirement. You've been listening to Smart Money, brought to you by Discovery. Get your money right for your life. This is CliffCentral.com.